Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Wednesday morning to each and every one of you. Welcome to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman, joined, of course, as always, by Casey McAllister and Paul Fritschner. Gentlemen, uh, good morning. The chat already alive and well. And apparently you are responding to those in the chat, Casey, donning the Viking helmet. I give the people what they want, Tom. Until the magic runs out, you might as well keep wearing the helmet, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) Boy, do you look ridiculous in that thing. I feel like a true Viking. You know, the, the only thing that would make this day better, or just this series in general, is if we got Leif Erikson to come back. Ooh. Probably need a sweep for that. I bet Leif Erickson would come back in the chat with a sweep. I don't want to speak for him, but I bet he would. Does anybody know him personally? Leif Erickson? Yes. You think I go back that far? I don't know. I mean, you never know. He lived like 600 years ago. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, can anybody out there, any of you out there, reach out to him? Maybe in a text or whatever it might be, email. If you know how to contact him, call him. We need him back. We want him back. Right? Not just when Kirk Cousins shows up. Right. Mm. Because you are standing for his people. I am. I'm the Norse. The Norse. Norse up. All right. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a to high noon Eastern time. A little bit shorter show here today. Going to cover a number of topics. You can find us, of course, on YouTube slash Shatterbox Sports. You can download us in podcast form. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Now, look, show of hands. How many of you threw in the towel after the Reds went down 6-0 last night? Gentlemen? I got to be honest, I didn't. I got to be honest. Come on. I got to be honest. We're I was all about truth and justice in the American way here. On no, it's legitimately, I was sitting there watching and it was 6-0. And I was sitting there watching and I thought to myself, do I want to go downstairs and change to the NBA playoffs? And I thought, nah, we saw something cool last night. I'm going to ride this one out. I'm glad I did. I stuck with it. Well, I'm raising my hand, okay? I mean, come on. Martin Perez was cruising along right through six innings, barely even broke a sweat. But as we like to say, when that bullpen door opens – You never know what's coming out of that bullpen and what might happen. And I got to tell you, I know the Rangers came in here red hot, but they remind me a lot of the Rangers from years past. They can hit, and their pitching is just not going to do it over the long haul. I might be wrong. We'll see. But this bullpen watching it the last few days stinks. Now, that doesn't take away anything what the Red Legs pulled off. They scratch out a run in the seventh. And then comes the eighth inning. They get a walk. They hit a hit batter. They get five hits, including a two-run single by Jonathan India in a six-run eighth inning. And when it's seven to six, that means, Casey, since you've already donned the helmet, they will go for the sweep against Texas today. First pitch at 1235, John Gray against Graham Ashcraft, as we like to say, especially after watching last night, fellas. Tickets are available. Tickets are available. Very interesting column written today on Cincinnati.com by uh, Jason Williams about the attendance. 
I haven't read it yet. What was oh, it? Oh, boy. I mean, you know, they had the game last week, all-time low, 7,000, whatever it was, 8,000 the last couple of nights. It's down over 1.2 million from the year they opened the ballpark. Articles about generations of fans that have been lost because they're not winning. Uh, it is a, uh, <clears throat> a very interesting article. Tampa Bay, no problems for them at home. I mean, nobody comes to watch. But last night, the first time they lose a home game this season after 14 straight wins, that's a modern-day major league record. Houston blanked the Rays 5-0. What a night in the NBA playoffs. And you said you kept with it on the Reds 6 nothing. After some of the games last night. Right. Phoenix Suns close out the L.A. Clippers four games to one, 136-130. Devin Booker pours in 47. Meanwhile, top seed Denver beats Minnesota to take a four games to one series win there. So that means starting this Saturday, what a series. Phoenix v. Denver. That might be the best series we see in the playoffs this season. Agree or disagree? I'm trying to think in the East, maybe... Uh, yeah. Uh, nothing's uh, going to be more firepower, more exciting than that, right? I mean, you're looking at the MVP KD. more than likely. Yeah. Uh, KD, Devin Booker, Jokic. I mean, that, that's big it's high level stuff. Yeah. Trey Young scores 38, leading Atlanta to a game five win over two seed Boston. The Celtics lead 3 2. Tonight, the Knicks, the Lakers, and Miami can close out series. Knicks trying to close out Cleveland. And a pivotal Game 5 tonight in Sacramento. The Kings and the defending champion Warriors, even at two games apiece. In the NHL, the Islanders, Stars, and Oilers were all winners last night. Tomorrow night, we've been counting it down, and we'll do so again today. The NFL Draft. And how crazy is this Will Levis story? I mean, it started to shake down when we were on the air yesterday. Days ago, Levis had been taken off the board. You couldn't even bet for him to be the number one pick because he was such a long shot. Now, he's being taken off the board due to action created by one post on something called Reddit. One post. One social media post sends the entire gambling world off the reservation. Huh. I, right? saw, I saw the post, yeah. So we're going to get into that. We'll talk about it shortly. Um, there were a number of uh, mock drafts done today, the most recent in The Athletic. We like that publication. Uh, and we'll get into that whole thing. They did a big article today about the quarterback situation. And, and, and you know, is anybody buying this whole Levis, this, this Levis thing? I mean, I'm going to give you some numbers about Levis a little bit later on that my son was kind enough to point out to me last night that would have me as one executive saying, Way too scary to take that guy. But more on that in a bit. The big story, though, the Red Legs. I mean, they were swept over the weekend, joined by the Hall of Famer, my dad, Marty Brenneman. Dad, it was ugly on Sunday Dad. afternoon. You go to Pittsburgh, you get swept four games in a row, you're coming back to play the Rangers, and all of a sudden it's back-to-back -back wins, including last night's wild comeback. Can I make a point before we start talking about baseball? Whatever you'd like. This is your time. See, this is this is the way you've got to open the show with me from now on. 
do you have anything you want to say before I get into what I want to talk about? Okay, okay? fair enough. I, I you know I, I check in with you guys early and I listen to your opening comments and I hear you talk about what a great series comes up beginning Saturday night between Denver and Phoenix. You don't even watch a damn NBA. No, I have been watching it during since this playoff series started. You're right. I mean, during the regular season, I don't watch it. I, I, I'm not sure how many people watch it. Their numbers were in the tank this year. Um, I know they are. I mean, I don't even – I would never even go in there and say, what a great series. I'd say for you people who like the NBA, <laughs> you might think about watching it. Well, but, I'm going to watch on. some of that series. I mean, I, I think the, 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 the games in the East – uh, they remind me of sort of slug it out, you know, defense, yeah. you know, they're a little more wide open out West and especially with, um, Denver and Phoenix or is there any team you're actually rooting for in the NBA playoffs or do you care one iota? Well, you know what? I'm, and I will say this, I am a big Steph Curry fan and have always been one. And so uh, when you talk about a pivotal game five tonight, if I can, you know, this 80-year-old body can stay up long enough to watch it, I'm going to attempt to watch a little bit of that. I know I won't be able to get through it all, um, but I'll, watch, I'll probably watch some of that, and, and I'm just screwing with you. Um, once it gets down to the nitty-gritty, there will be some I watch because I, as, as little interest as I have for the NBA during the regular season, I think the finals, you talk about – leaving it all on the floor, those guys do that. When they get down to game, the seven games to decide the NBA championship, then they're no holds barred in that series. And I find that very entertaining, uh, depending upon who's involved in the championship final. You know, uh, I don't know anything about Denver. Um, I know very little. When uh, Phoenix traded Cam Johnson, I said to hell with him. I don't care about him anymore. Um, but Devin Booker is a special talent. That kid can really play, and he's fun to watch play. So I may watch some of the Phoenix. When, when Phoenix is involved, I'll, I'll watch some of that because I like I like the way they play. And, uh, you know, you and I go back a ways. We, we both knew Cotton Fitzsimmons, who I thought was one yep. of the coolest people I've ever met in yep. my life. Um, God rest his soul. So I'll watch a little bit of that, yeah. And one more thing before we talk about the Reds. You have a very, very devoted – listener and watcher to this program and that is dr peggy lamaster who is a, a, a doctor of amanda's and also is a doctor of polly's and she watches this show religiously she'll watch it at night after she has her practice during the day but she never misses an opportunity to watch it big fan of yours big fan of the reds and and i, I god bless her God okay, bless now. Her. She's a beautiful lady, got a beautiful soul, beautiful way about her. And so, Doc, thank yes, you she very does. much. It's good to have you. Welcome back. Um, before we get to the red zone, I do have to ask you one more basketball question because um, okay. we've talked a little bit about LeBron James at times and, and you know, and, and doing that whole thing that everybody likes to do, comparing him and Jordan and, and on and on and on and sure. on. But, man, I mean <laughs> – that Dylan Brooks dude picked the wrong guy. When you talk about poking the bear, I mean, what I in know the it. world is somebody thinking about poking LeBron James? And you've seen what happened since. And then I'd like to hear your comments about Brooks ducking the media after LeBron went for 20 and 20 the other night. 
Well, I'm sure the University of Oregon is very pleased and proud of Dylan Brooks. Um, <laughs> you don't mess with a guy like Michael Jordan. You don't mess with a guy like LeBron James. You let them play their game, and if they go out and get 40 against you, that's because he, in this case, is a great player. And he can pretty much do whatever he wants to, when he wants to, against whoever he wants to during the course of an NBA game. And so I, what, whatever Dylan Brooks was trying to accomplish uh, by the low blow that he administered to, to LeBron James, I don't get it. And then to dodge the media, again, I'm sure Oregon is proud of this wonderful representative of our institution and, and, and screwing up not once but twice, messing with LeBron James and then not having the guts to face the media and, and talk about it. No, I don't I don't have a whole lot of faith in him, and I can't wait to see what happens. Now, that's something that will be interesting to watch now because I'll tell you one thing, LeBron James handled that thing with as much class and dignity as you can possibly handle a situation as sensitive as that one was. No doubt about it. And uh, they'll yep. have a chance to close him out tonight. Um, all right, yep. on to the Reds now. Um, I, you know, look – I mentioned that, you know, they get swept over the weekend against the Pirates. It was ugly. They couldn't score. They still haven't hit a home run in uh, in over a week and a half. Uh, but last night's game, I mean, you know, uh, it was a lot like before the four games in Pittsburgh. Well, where at least they do show some 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 toughness about them and not throwing in the towel. And I always say there, there there's a lot to be said for that kind of attitude. Whether you're winning or losing, is you're continuing just to compete. No, I agree. I agree 100 percent. And I watched a game last night and and, you know, when when they got fell behind like they did uh, and Luke Weaver had a bad start, uh, you figure here we go again. But then to come back and, and, and play like they played and having the big uh, the big eighth inning and then winning the game in the manner in which they did. Um, <coughs> excuse me. It was very, very impressive. I I give them a lot of credit. Uh, the bullpen delivered when they had to. And that's been one of many shaky areas on that ball club. Uh, I, I tip my cap to him. I mean, Texas is, is Texas. I think Texas has a terrible bullpen. Yep. And for anybody to consider that they're going to be an impact player in their division is, is delusional, unless they can figure out a way to improve it because their bullpen is pretty bad. Um, but, you know, give the Reds uh, their just due to come back from a 5-1 deficit on – on Monday night, come back from, what, a 6 nothing deficit last night to win the game and now go for a sweep with the best pitcher currently in their starting rotation in Graham Ashcraft, I'd say, yeah, you, you give them a lot of credit for what they've accomplished the last couple of games. Nick Lodolo was roughed up for a second straight outing, and I mean really roughed up. Uh, they asked him about yeah. it, and he says, hey, look, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know why it's happened. Is there cause for concern? I don't think so. I, I really, truly do not think there's any cause for concern. I think he's going through what uh, all good pitchers go through. And I think he, once, I guess he's had a problem with his breaking ball in those two games, handing it for strikes because the guy's got a great, great breaking ball. And he's not been able to, he's fallen behind in hitters. He's not gotten ahead with strike one. I think the last start he got ahead on to, ahead of the count on 12 of the 21 batters that he faced. Well, I don't care who you are. You can't, you can't win like that, but I don't, I don't have any concern about him. I think the guy's a complete pitcher. 
And I think he's just going through a problem that a lot of guys, especially young pitchers, go through once they get to the big leagues. You know, you brought up the bullpen, and all of a sudden, after all their struggles early in the year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're, they're ranked in the top three, four now in earn run average in the entire National League. It's interesting because the starters ERA, and I know we're only a couple of weeks into the year, so the sample size is very small, and the Reds' four and five starters that began the year are no longer in the rotation. Uh, but the starters ERA is one of, uh, one of the worst in Major League Baseball. And now all of a sudden the bullpen is among the best. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. Um, and, and granted, they pitch well lately. And, and, uh, and God bless them for that. Because, you know, this team doesn't rank high in any area other than, as you say, the, the, the bullpen ERA. They don't hit home runs. Their infield defense is abhorrent, um, especially, and I was quoted a figure yesterday, that their infield, their double play combination, defense up the middle is, I don't know whether it's worst in Major League Baseball, but it's one or two or three spots from the bottom. Um, and, 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 you know, they don't hit for average. They don't hit home runs. They're uh, starting pitching, uh, as a general rule, has not been good because of the four and five starters for the most part and Lodolo's recent problems. And so uh, they they have to show marked improvement in other areas if this club is going to come back and, and, and perform better in 2023 than they did in 2022. You have spurts like they're having right now. Uh, the key to a spurt like this is to have more of them and have less of uh, you know, four or five or six game losing streaks. That, that's the only way you're going to show any improvement whatsoever. And I know the clamoring continues now. Uh, if you look at uh, Twitter or, or any of the other social media that displays uh, opinions by fans uh, of uh, getting Matt McClain up here, and I think yeah. they're jumping the gun and, and screaming for Ellie Dela Cruz to be brought up here uh, a little bit early for that. And I think there's still the question looms large and it gets bigger and bigger every day is when Joey Votto is going to be able to play in the big leagues in 2023. You know, you bring up an interesting point. And, and, and as far as, you know, these, these young players, McLean specifically, um, there is no way the Reds can, can continue to play India as a second baseman. Now, uh, I mean, he's just a bad defender. He's a gamer. He's a tough guy. He's a good offensive player. Yes. There are a lot of things to like about India. Defense is not near the top of the list. But you right. and I both know, and we've talked about this before, I think the Reds did a tremendous disservice to Nick Senzel after they drafted him. And I'm not saying that the issues he's gone through, and most of them have been primarily due to injury. But, but when you draft a kid, and in India's case, they drafted him as a third baseman, Coming out of Florida, they moved him to second base. In Senzel's case, they draft him as a third baseman out of Tennessee. They've moved him everywhere, and he's still moving around. But, I mean, do you think that, that they would be willing to say, okay, if we're really going to look at our long-term plan to be competitive sooner rather than later, we need to start moving pieces now. In other words, you know, you bring up McLean. Maybe you play him at second. Barrero still plays short. You move Senzel out into left field. I mean, uh, Indy out into left field, things like that. You, you think there's any chance we see that kind of musical chairs, for lack of a better word? 
Well, I think I think the chances become bigger if they fall back and they start to lose games with tremendous regularity, like they did last year and way they did until they broke this losing streak with two wins over Texas in a row. I think then you have to consider situations. And I don't disagree with you one bit about Nick Senzel. Uh, no question. Uh, you know, it's hard enough to get to the big leagues, but then to leave a college program, a high-profile program like he was in, and you come and the first thing they do is make you change positions, and then they move you around from the infield to the outfield, and they go back and forth. I don't think they did him any fault by doing that. Um, and I agree with you about Jonathan India, but I think that down the road we get into months uh, three and four, and we'll see what they do uh, in terms of one going down and bringing guys up from from Louisville uh, and or start to move people around because of that. Um, I don't disagree with you at all about moving India off of second base. Uh, he's not a good defensive second baseman. He does not have great range at that position. And, and I think he's the kind of guy that could uh, benefit from maybe going, as you say, to left field and playing out there. Let's face it, they've got a bunch of good young ball players right now performing uh, at the current time very well. But let's be honest about this thing now. On a good ball club, a good ball club, how many of these guys would be regulars to begin with? Well, let's, let's be honest about this now. Stevenson, probably. India, but not at second base. And who else would be an everyday player on a really good ball club on this team right now? I don't see too many. I mean, I like I like Friedel in the outfield. I like Fraley. But you got to ask yourself the question. On a ball club that's an impact team in any division of baseball across the board or a team that has realistic expectations of being in the postseason, how many of these guys are everyday players? That's, that's, you got to look a, at it that way. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about it. That is a perfectly uh, logical uh, assessment of the entire situation. I don't know if you put much stock in it. Uh, I don't know if you saw the column written today by Jason Williams uh, at Cincinnati. I didn't see. I didn't read it. I saw the headline. Okay. I, I mean, you know, look, um, you take away the record-setting opening day crowd. And, man, I mean, you know, you're looking. They're averaging right around 15,000. They averaged over 17,000 last year. They're over 1.2 million fans below uh, where they were uh, when the ballpark opened. Um, they haven't won in a long time. I mean, when you're seeing seven, 8,000 fans at a game, what's Marty Brenneman think about that? Well, I think, the, the, you know, when you run into a series of losing years and it's been however many years since you've last been in the postseason, I think fans have it in their mind that, well, you know, here's another bad year for the Reds and next year, uh, you know, unless something miraculous occurs, is going to be another, quote, rebuilding year. Um, at the heart of it all, Tom, Fans are front runners, and and it's it's no less true in Cincinnati than it is everywhere else. I looked at a game the other day with the Chicago Cubs playing, and they had more empty seats than you could shake a stick at. And this is the same bunch of people 
that prided themselves on being the best baseball fans in the world. That's a bunch of crap. If they win, they'll come. If they don't win, they're not going to come. And that's the only, that's a sad but true tale. And you can do whatever you want to do. I'll never forget, as long as I live, when I came here uh, in 1974, one of the guys that was instrumental was a guy that was heading up the marketing department named Roger Rule. Roger is still alive and still here in Cincinnati. God bless him. And Roger Rule was the one that made the comment to me that has stuck with me through all these years. The greatest promotion that a team can have is to win on the field. There is no better promotion than that. And if you don't win, you got a problem. So, you know, I think that's exactly what they're going through right now. If the day comes down the road when this ball club is feared by other teams that have to play them and they are a contender for the Central Division Championship or whatever the heck it might be by then, then I think uh, you'll see people returning to Great American Ballpark to watch this team play. But I just think that uh, you can have all the uh, bobblehead nights you want to have, or all the cap giveaways or all the bat giveaways or whatever you have, but if you don't win, they're not going to show up. Well, you know, I, I, in the column, it went on to point out, and I like reading Jason Williams' stuff, uh, is, you know, that, that now we've seen, and Paul and Casey and I have talked about this, that, you know, you've seen uh, not only one generation, you've seen two generations nearly of fans that have never seen the Reds win a playoff series. Correct. I mean, you know, that, yeah, and I get what you're saying about if you win, they'll come back. But, I, you know, I, I don't know where all this is going. I, I, I really don't. And, and they have to be extremely concerned down there on Joe Nuxall way, but that's a different conversation uh, for another time. So I guess I will see you. Casey, you wanted to invite my dad to your wedding. Right. So I plan on giving Tom your invitation to give to you on Friday. But I also have – Okay. I have one question for you, Marty. I don't know if we ever talked about it with you, <laughs> but the Viking helmet thing, right? I've been wearing Put it yes. on, Casey. Put it I, on when you talk to him, please. Yeah. Thank so, you. So I've been wearing this, and they've been winning <laughs> since I've been wearing it. So I feel like it's got some sort of good luck charm. or some, Good juju. Some good juju, at least for now. Do you think I should continue to wear this if they keep winning? Casey, you'd be excommunicated from the Viking clan if you put that stupid helmet on. You you simply – it doesn't work for you. It doesn't – you don't look like a Viking. You know See, what I mean? See, he would if he, he took off his glasses, though, Dad. If he yeah, took off yeah. his glasses, he, he kind of does look like a Viking. Uh, that's look better out. now. Yeah. Now, that's a better deal right there. That's a better deal. Um, I, I, you know what? I, I If it were me, I would not wear that helmet. But since it's you, uh, I would make sure I wore that thing the next time I went to Kroger. To Kroger? <laughs> I really, I, yeah, if you want to go grocery shopping with your bride-to-be or you go by yourself, you go in there and you play it low-key and you just push that card around each aisle and you don't say anything to anybody and see how many people comment about that thing you got on your head. And you then get back to me and let me know. Wear, do you think he should consider wearing that at his wedding reception? I think it would be spectacular. I mean, and I'd stand up and applaud if you did that. And I'd say there's a man with incredible conviction to the <laughs> point where all the things that are accepted as important and necessary 
in the nuptial ceremony for one split second, all that stuff goes out the window because you're going to wear your Viking helmet. I think that's huge. I, sw- I really am impressed by it. I mean, I I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear it, and then during the, the, the reception afterwards, I'm going to put mead and drink from the helmet. There you go. You're going to what? I'm going to put beer in the helmet and drink from the helmet. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. What does Paulie think about that? Oh, I'm all aboard. You know, in fact, Marty, I, I say that if the Reds hit their win total, 66 this year, you know, we got a picture of you from Disney with the Mickey Mouse hat on. I say you throw the Viking yes. hat on. Yeah. Get the Viking helmet. Well, on. you know what? What we ought to do is they do that. You and I will pose for a picture, and you wear the Viking hat, and I'll wear the uh, the uh, Disney cap, and then it'll be a great picture. That's big league. There we go. Oh, That's, right. big league. That's big league. That's big league. Yep. Yep. That's a deal. Okay. Well, his wedding is the day of the uh, Ohio uh, Division II lacrosse state championship game. I told Casey, I am hoping we are not at his wedding. Should Marymont get there yet again for the 11th, 12th time, whatever it might be. But if they're not there, then, you know, I'll be there. I don't know if you have other plans, but um, to see him in that. What's the date again? That is June the 3rd. That is a Saturday, June the 3rd. Yes. Yes. All right. Answer one more question for me. Me what time Casey? is Luke's lacrosse game tonight? 7.30 p. Rivalry week. Ooh. Marymont v. Okay. Indian Hill tonight. Ooh. All right. I'll be Family there. League game. Preview of the yep. regional final, perhaps. All right. We hope I'll so. I'll see you there tonight. All right, pal. Good All seeing right, you thanks. guys. Take good care. Have you. a good week. We love you. See Talk you, Marty. to you soon. Love you, too. Case, there you go, buddy. A picture with you in the Hall of Famer. Him wearing the Mickey Mouse lid. You wearing the Viking lid. Does it get any better than that? And on that note, Hammond Eggers, before we're joined by Tony Grassi from Cleveland to talk about the draft and all things that are Browns. Love the Brownies. Right, Case? They still stink. All right, Hammond Eggers. Mr. President, take it away. It's that time of the show, the Hammond Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. We are going to talk plenty about the Browns, the Bengals, everybody else here uh, on the show, especially today, tomorrow, Friday, the NFL draft tomorrow. And the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. That's right, Casey. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Also, we have to talk about the new premium alkaline water. It's Pani. Tastes fantastic. And it's made right here, right across the street, Hamilton, Ohio. Pani uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that many other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water that is also the best tasting water in the world. Visit their website at pawneywater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy this great tasting water. Drink Pawnee Water, get your coffee from UDF, bet with Betfred, and get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. Uh, we did have originally Mary Kay was supposed to come on today. Apparently she had another conflict this morning. And so we have Tony Grassi on to talk about the Browns this morning 
instead. Nothing further than that. <laughs> Make sure that you subscribe to the show. Like this video right now. We have, uh, let's see, 71 people watching, but we only have 20 likes. We can get that like number up. I know some of you watch it on your smart TVs or on your phones or whatever it might be. Uh, wherever you're watching, if you can like the video, make sure you go like it. If you want to listen to this show back later, you can in podcast form. Search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman on any podcast platform. Also, any of the other Chatterbox shows. Chatterbox Reds the last two nights has been elite. It really has been. After the two 7-6 to six wins for the Reds, Chatterbox Reds has you covered after every Reds game. They do the show on YouTube live. You can listen back to that in podcast form the morning after. Make sure you go subscribe to all that. Um, we have you We have you covered in, in all areas there. Yeah. I, one thing I want to talk about. Uh, did you watch yesterday's Reds? Um, the Reds show yesterday? The show? Yeah. Uh, I watched probably about a half, two-thirds of it. Okay. Why? I just – so I caught maybe the back – well – Maybe we overlapped. Yeah, I, I was able to finish it. Okay. And Trace has an elite form of bouncing the ball up off the floor. Oh, yes, I did ball, not see catching that. Catching it and dunking it. And I think he needs to take some of the, uh, the props that are around the room and start, like, stacking it so he has to jump over it and dunk it. I don't know what the chat thinks, but there's, like, a little ice cream stand that is – daughter has it's like a toy stand or whatever i sure. think he should put it underneath the basket so he has to jump over it and you know like windmill dunk it or something i don't know we need some suggestions. we need to make that. sure we need to make sure that the the people have please plenty of suggestions for our boss trace fowler but other all than in. that tom what time did you say tony was joining i had 10 40 okay then i will save my thought what are you going to save it about? Oh, I had a, I had a, I had a topic discussion, but it's longer than five minutes, so we can talk about it after, Tony. Well, I mean, you know, let's start it, and we'll pick it up after he's done. What's the topic? Okay. Similar to the buy or sell segment yes. that Reed and that Casey and I have done on Box Lunch. Right. I'm going to throw this one out there. Are you buying or selling that Deion Sanders? Ooh, a lot going on there. Well, that's why I said we got a lot to digest. And I also didn't want to put you on the spot if you hadn't read all about the situation, but I have been fascinated by this the last couple of days with everybody going to the transfer portal. Is Deion Sanders the Elon Musk of college football? He is. Mm. He is. Leader of men. No doubt about Just it. Just between polarizing and the media, the way this is all being covered, whether we don't know if it's going to be a success or not a success, I, I just – it's not a direct analogy, but it's – it's, it's something close. I was driving in this morning, and I was I, I was. I think it's a great analogy, but look, here's the bottom line, and you tell me if you agree. So, am I buying or selling? I'm buying. Okay. Okay. Because Deion Sanders is a winner. He's a winner in the game of life. He's a winner in the game in the sport of athletics. The guy's a winner. Okay. He's been a winner as a coach. Granted, not on the major D1 level, but winner as a coach. Okay. He is doing this, and again, whether you like Dion or whether you like Elon Musk, I, 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 that's not the debate here. If he's going to do this thing, he's doing it his way. Yeah. Right? right. Now it may not be the right way, but if you're going to the, the old adage, if you're going to go down, go down swinging. And look, if I'm running that program at Colorado, would they win one game last year? 
Yeah, one game. One game. Yeah. One game in the Pac-12. I mean, you ain't playing in the freaking SEC or Big 12 or, 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 or Big 10. That's the Pac-12 and you win one game. Nobody's job is safe on that deal. I saw where their leading receiver, both in receptions, two of them, right? Leading receiver in receptions and in receiving yards, both gone. Why would any of those guys be safe? Why? I guarantee he's sitting them down and he's saying, fellas, here's a deal. All right? And I guarantee you this happened before the spring game. Well, the one kid had a monster game in the spring Two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you he said, look, I'm going after anybody and everybody to upgrade the talent on this rotten team and this rotten program. You guys aren't old enough to remember. When I was in high school and college, and a guy named Bill McCarthy was the head coach at Colorado. Again, another guy, whether you liked him or didn't like him, irrelevant, okay? The guy did it his way, and they were kicking tail and taking names, playing for national championships. Eric Bieniemy, guys like this, I mean, they were just steamrolling people, playing with anybody and everybody. Colorado is a place you can win. I don't know what has happened to that program over the last 20 years, but they bottomed out last year winning one game. And now Deion Sanders is being given the chance, I guarantee you. He's sitting them down man-to-man and saying, fellas, I am going after anybody and everybody. Kid wants to transfer out of Ohio State, I'm going after him. Kid wants to transfer out of USC, I'm going after him. Kid doesn't like it at Alabama, I'm going after him. So your decision will be, if I can get these guys, do you want to stay here and compete or do you want to go in the transfer portal? It's just fascinating looking at Twitter and scrolling through and seeing so many people divided on it and saying, this is going to be such a dumpster fire. I'm going to be first row to watch all of this go up in flames. Can't wait to see this experiment fail. And then the other half of Twitter is saying, he's finally figuring out the transfer portal. He's telling guys they're not going to play. Everybody else is leaving. He's making the right decisions. He has all of this energy around the Colorado program now. He's brought back life into this Buffalo program. He's doing it all the right way. Can't wait to see his success. Uh, it is. You're either on one side of the fence or the other. There's no middle ground here. And it's, it's just fascinating to watch. There's no doubt about it. And it is going to be incredible to watch as this moves forward. Because... I mean, Especially considering that you see relative to Cincinnati, which is part of the reason I brought it up, is seeing the time-lapse video of what the Colorado spring game looked like last year versus what it looked like this year. It was, looked like almost a sold-out crowd. It was sold out, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't want to say that for sure, but it, it sure looked like a, a sold-out crowd this year. And to think, you know, UC was – I don't want to say they were right there in the running because I don't remember if they even really took a look at him. Um, but they obviously hired a new coach this year. Coach Prime was right there. There was that discussion. Is he going to come to UC? Is he going to go to Colorado? Whatever's going to happen. Doesn't sound like UC ever really was in on him. But just relative to Cincinnati, it's interesting to look at too. I think when this is all said and done, I have a lot of faith in in Coach Prime, and I see uh, Tony's dialing in right here in okay. a second. But I really do feel like UC is going to regret not looking at Dion and giving him an actual legitimate chance to coach for this program. I think Dion 
what he's going to provide for Colorado is a complete clean slate and a upbeat new age coaching style and program that you're that you need to jumpstart something that was pretty much in the dumps, you know? Well, I got to tell you what, if, if you look at what Satterfield is doing down there, now it's not as dramatic. But he's had a lot of guys all of a sudden that, that are pulling out of there and going in the portal. And make no mistake about it, if you believe what you read on some of the social media platforms, he is after anybody and everybody in that portal right now. So Satterfield might be going at it in a different way. There is clearly nowhere near the attention being given to UC football and Coach Satterfield that there is to Deion Sanders going to Colorado. But, you know, again, if you believe what you read, and Satterfield apparently is doing a hell of a job on the recruiting trail. I mean, by all accounts, they've already landed a couple of big-time guys, two of the biggest recruits that they've had in the history of the program. Um, you know... He, he, he gets the Jones kid to come from Arizona State. Um, he's, you know, if I'm a UC fan and you're bummed that you lost Luke Fickle, I would say so far, so good for Satterfield. So far, so good without having played a real game. And we know they're going into the Big 12 this year. And um, we'll see what happens. But they still have some talent there. Is uh, Tony ready to go? Um, I... I'm trying to talk to him, but he doesn't seem like he can. Well, hear he me. said he was not. He said he was going to be in his car. We have a good signal. It just doesn't look like we can. He can hear us. Hmm. Okay. Well, for those of you that don't know, uh, uh, Tony Grossi is a born and raised uh, Cleveland guy. He was uh, a writer originally. Uh, he's been on the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection committee, uh, but he's now well known uh, for his work as a radio talk show host and covers the Browns. Uh, on a number of different um, uh, uh, venues, ESPN Cleveland, thelandondemand.com, WKNR, WWGK is a radio sports talk show host, and he is, without a doubt, the most popular uh, radio sports talk show host in Cleveland, and a pleasure, on short notice, to be joined by Tony. Tony, how are you, young man? Are you there? I thought I saw him up there for a second. Let's, let's, I'm, I'm still trying to get a hold of him. Oh, because I see him there on the screen. Well, he can't hear us, we don't think. I don't think he can hear us. Mm. He's there. He's there, but he's... Uh-oh, uh, now he's gone. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, is there any way you can message him, Tom? Um, I just have his email, same as you do. All right, I'll, I'll email him. Then. I don't have his uh, cell phone number. Okay, anyway, so hopefully we can uh, get him dialed in because I'd like to hear what his thoughts are right now as far as the state of the Cleveland Browns are concerned on the eve of the NFL draft. Casey's uh, Cleveland Browns. That's exactly right. Deshaun Watson now. They you know, remember this time last year, the guy couldn't go in, uh, couldn't go in and work out, couldn't go in with his teammates. He did not play nearly the entire season before. Uh, in what would have been his last, what was his last year in Houston. So, you know, the guy went a year and a half without playing an NFL game. And once he came back, he did not look good at all. But 
I think every single one of us would agree based on the body of work in his prior seasons in Houston, he is a top-tier quarterback talent on every level. We saw it at Clemson in college. We saw it in the NFL on some decent, turned bad Houston Texans teams. And now he's able to, to, to be all in, if you will, on the off-season program of the Browns and everything that uh, they're trying to do up there. And, and they quietly have put together a very, very nice offseason. So uh, I know you're still working on that, Casey. I don't know where that stands at this point. But let's pick back up the, the, for the time being this Dion thing. Um, yeah. You know, my question is, is when you start having all these guys leave and you're waiting on some guys come in, my concern would be if I'm a Colorado fan, right, how many guys am I going to have on my roster? Right? Who's in, who's out? I mean, nobody has done what he's doing right now. As far as guys leaving, trying to bring guys in, he's already brought a, a number of guys, including his own son with him. Um, you know, a lot of people out there think that, that he's using this kind of thing as a stepping stone. I see no reason to believe that. Am I suggesting it couldn't happen? Uh, but I'm not seeing it. Some people out there say, well, he's trying to get the Florida State job as alma mater. Uh, I've seen other people say he's trying to get a job in the National Football League. And I would have no issue even if he came out and said that. What's wrong with that? Right? Yeah. And he might just be the kind of guy that's going to admit it, but he has said all along he's right where he wants to be. Uh, and that's at Colorado. And we're going to see how that whole thing shakes out. You know, I'm amazed by how many people, and let's be honest about it, it's only because of your politics, okay? I mean, you don't care about mine. I don't care about yours, right? But, 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 but I'm amazed how many people, when you stop and think about the mind, the success, the risk-taking, you brought up the analogy Elon Musk. Not a perfect man. No one is perfect. But would you want your kid to be as successful as Elon Musk? I mean, that if anybody answered that question, no, they're an idiot. They're an idiot. I mean, this guy is sending people to space on his own dime. He's an engineer. He's uber smart. He went to the best colleges. I mean, he has excelled at everything he has done. And here on the chat, we got people saying, guy's a bum. Why is he a bum? Because you don't like his politics? He's a registered Democrat. Right? And my guess is most of the people that don't like him are not the ones that would be registered Republicans. All of a sudden, his own party's flipped on him because he wanted to publish a bunch of stuff that the government was doing in relation to the FBI and the CIA. He just wanted to put it out there for everybody to read. And all of a sudden, he's a bum? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's a reason why this guy is among the wealthiest and most successful human beings on the planet. So for anybody to, to say it's disrespectful to Deion Sanders to compare him to Elon Musk, I mean, come on. I'm not a big Musk guy. 
as far as, you know, anything he's got going one way or the other. But, I mean, I can tell you one thing. You and I both know. Would we want our kid to accomplish the things in their lives that he's accomplished? I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Still no Tony, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I, all well, right. He's... He's there. He told us that uh, that he was going to be in a car, and so that was going to be tough. He's got a radio show, and he's bouncing around, going down to the uh, Cleveland uh, to the to the Browns, and a lot going on leading up to draft day. Um, it, it looks like we're not going to get him, and that's fine. I, I, I do want to get into this Will Levis thing because my son and I were having a conversation last night about Will Levis and this Reddit thing. Paul, you read the post on reddit correct yeah i was i was on reddit and i saw it could uh, you please share where all this started yeah basically it, w- it was just one reddit user that put a headline on a reddit post that said that he had heard i guess from family that uh will levis was going to be drafted first overall and then it got upvoted enough that it went all over the place and the bet the the, the sports books took it off the board because enough traction got on it and I guess enough people bet on it that they kept lowering the odds, lowering the odds, and then all of a sudden it they took it off the board. I don't know how much traction there is to it because it was just the one headline, but maybe Vegas did their own digging and their own research and figured it out. Okay. My son and I were talking last night, and he brought up to me, he said, listen, this Levisane, He said, have you ever really gone in and looked at his stats? And I said, well, a little bit. I know he's thrown 23 interceptions over the last two years. I know he couldn't beat out Sean Clifford, Cincinnati kid, as a starting quarterback at Penn State, so he transfers to Kentucky, which is fine. I mean, everybody, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Okay? So here's the thing about uh, Levis, And, and I was looking at his stats Uh, Because my son pointed out, he says, hey, how about that game he had against Tennessee? Threw for 98 yards and three picks. And I said to him, well, look. I said, you know, Tennessee has a lot more talent than Kentucky has. I think Kentucky's building up a nice program down on the stoops. But they don't have the players Tennessee has. He said, okay, that's fine. He says, do you think South Carolina has the same talent as Tennessee? I said, not a chance. He said, Levis and Kentucky scored six points he threw for fewer than 100 yards against Tennessee in a 44-6 drilling. South Carolina put up 60 points with Rattler at quarterback of South Carolina against that same Tennessee defense. Okay, one game. You go back and look at Levis's season last year. He had three 300-yard passing games, three of them, okay? They were in the first four games of the year. He threw for over 300 yards against Miami of Ohio, Youngstown State, Northern Illinois, He had one other game the rest of the season where he threw for 230 yards. All the rest, fewer 
than 230 yards. He threw for 170 yards against Missouri. He threw for 109 yards against Vanderbilt. They lost the game to Vanderbilt. People are comparing him and C.J. Stroud. Now, again, talent level, I get it. Okay, Ohio State's offensive line, Ohio State's wide receivers compared to the same position groups with Kentucky. C.J. Shroud shredded Georgia's defense. Completely shredded that defense. Up one side and down the other, albeit in a loss, on a last-second missed field goal. But Shroud was off the charts. Will Levis against Georgia threw for 200 yards in the game. Threw a pick, sacked. Shroud ran for more yards against Georgia than Levis did, and that's a strength in his game. Now, I'm only bringing all of this up. Wait. Sorry, go ahead. No, something. No, no, go ahead. Okay. I only bring all this up because there's a lot of talk now that, uh, that someone's going to pick Levis ahead of Stroud. There are even some out there that believe Carolina is going to take Levis ahead of Bryce Young from Alabama. Is Tony there now? Yep. All right, we're ready. All right, good. Uh, Tony, we appreciate you uh, being so patient. It is a pleasure to have you join us on such short notice. I know you're running around busy like crazy. How's everything up there in Cleveland, Ohio? Well, you know, it's Cavs are home tonight. Uh, elimination game for them. A little trepidation there. The Guardians aren't doing so well lately. And the Browns don't have a pick until the third round of the draft. So... It's tough times right now, sports-wise, in Cleveland. You know, I got to ask you, though, about this the, 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 real quick before we get to the Browns, about the Cavaliers thing, because we talk about the NBA playoffs. Uh, I, I think a lot of people knew this was going to be a tough series, defensive-minded kind of a series. But, but what's the talk up there in Cleveland about what's happened so far down three games to one? Everybody's pretty disappointed. You know, it's been a great Cavs season. Uh, 51 wins in the regular season, the most since, you know, the, the post-LeBron eras. Uh, so everyone's pretty disappointed in the, in the way they've played. Uh, their, big, uh, their big gun, Donovan Mitchell's had some uh, really bad games. Uh, and, and they don't seem to – they're the lowest-scoring team in the, in the NBA playoffs right now. And so uh, it's negating a, a really great defensive team. And everyone's disappointed, but uh, – uh, optimistic that if they win this game, they might pull it together, although they haven't won in Madison Square Garden all year long. Okay, I want to shift gears to the Browns. Uh, we were talking before you came on. This time a year ago, Deshaun Watson comes over, couldn't get near the facility and all these kinds of things because of his um, suspension. Once he came back, a little more than midway through the year, didn't look so great. Um, I would imagine, though, there has to be optimism about Watson getting back to the player he was in Houston. Is that safe to say? Well, it's certainly safe to say, Tom, inside the building. Uh, the Browns are encouraged, uh, uh, optimistic. 
and, and, and any other adjective you want to use about Watson now being available from day one, uh, you know, uh, without any threat of interruption of his season, no further suspensions. Uh, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll resolve the, the, the one or two legal uh, civil lawsuits against them. Uh, and, and it's more normal. And, and they've added to their team offensively with two veteran wide receivers in this offseason. So they are gung-ho, uh, the team itself. The, there's a little hesitancy in the fandom to, uh, you know, uh, be anything, uh, be as be as optimistic. But listen, every everyone in town knows that the Browns season and their immediate future rests totally on the shoulders of Deshaun Watson. How would you rate Tony their offseason so far this year? Well, I think they did well when it comes to uh, trying to surround Watson you know, with, with more speed. They picked yep. up two veteran receivers uh, and a tight end that he's familiar with from from his year, uh, his years in, in Houston. Um, the problem was, you know, last year when Jacoby Brissett played 11 games, it's kind of like the replacement quarterback. He had his best year of his career, but the Browns were losing games because uh, their defense and their special teams uh, were just losing the games for them. Now, they changed coordinators at both of those areas, and, and I thought that was – those two men, the, the new defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, new special teams coordinator, Bubba Ventrone, probably will stand as the, the most important new additions to the team this year beyond any player. So uh, if, you, if you draw them into their offseason – uh, they've had a pretty good offseason, a very aggressive offseason. Would Would you say that uh, since they don't have a pick, first couple of rounds, uh, uh, they, they've traded all those away, what would be their goal? Is there a positional goal, uh, you know, where they're trying to find a guy uh, to help most once they do finally have a pick? Yeah, sure. They're They're pretty light at defensive end. They added one in free agency. Uh, they have Miles Garrett, one of their best players, but uh, also at defensive end. But, th- but they still need a, kind of a, a third defensive end to help that rotation. Uh, and I think that's what they would earmark with the third pick in the draft, this number 74 overall. I still think there's a chance that they add another veteran pass rusher. You know, there's another wave of free agency to come after the draft. Uh, the bargain basement phase, and and I and I think they will seek to add defensive ends. But in the draft, I would pinpoint defensive end or defensive tackle. They've done, they've added a lot of defensive tackles, but um, I think they still feel they might need another one there. So anything on, on the defensive line, I would I would look for. Okay, um, is it is it realistic or completely unrealistic to believe the Browns could compete with the the, the you know the Bengals who look like the best team on paper? They've been the best team the last two years. Baltimore, if Jackson gets back, uh, any reason to believe they can compete with those two? Yeah, I, I do think that. Uh, first of all, Watson's got to resemble his former self, and. You know, when you look at what happened to him last year and what happened to the Browns to, to, to drop him from the sky in the 12th week of the season after not playing for 700 days, that was a, you know, a tall task. Uh, the team never adapted to him and Watson never shook off all the rust. So let's give him the benefit of the doubt there that, that Watson will be um, more close to his old self. 
But the other reason I say it's it's totally realistic is for some reason, uh, even though the defensive coordinator has been fired and replaced, the Browns' defense played Cincinnati and Baltimore extremely well over the last yep. two or three years. Yep. Uh, and, and to me, the, the shortest path to the playoffs is winning the division. Don't worry about Kansas City or Buffalo or anyone else. And and they've been close, even though the record has been 8, 9, and 7, and 10 over the last two years. They've competed against the best teams in their division pretty well. So I think that gap is, a you know, narrower than it might appear. Um, and and that's why I think it, it is realistic if if – several things go right you know is last question is Stefanski on a kind of do or die season you know he'll probably appear on the you know the five hottest seats in the NFL at the beginning of the year on those lists Uh, I don't think he's at the top of that list Um, I think the ownership is trying to resist making another change. He's the first coach in 11 years in this ownership to, to even make it to a fourth season. 11 years, they, he's the only one to make it to year number four on his contract. Uh, and I think they also realize that he's still young and growing into the job. I think he's 40 years old, one of, still one of the youngest coaches in the league. Um, so, I, you know, nationally, he'll be on the hot list. I think it's, it's hotter outside the building than it is inside the building. Okay. Tony, we can't thank you enough for your time. Thank you for your patience today, and uh, and enjoy the draft. It's going to be fun the next few days. Yeah, well, we're going to sit out the first round and watch everybody else make their okay. mistakes. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. All the best, my friend. Thank you so much for your time today. Right. Good to see you again. All right, thank you, Tom. All right. Tony Grossi, kind enough to stay very patient. Casey, nicely done. Paul, nicely done. Hanging in there. It's Casey. Yeah. Patience is a virtue, Casey. Good it job. Is. Troubleshooting. That's what I get paid to do. Well, I tell you, uh, Jordan is coming after me hard today. You read some of these comments from our man Jordan? He's here every day. Jordan, we love you. Tom, you better drop the everyman shtick if you're going to carry water for the richest man in the world. Did I say I'm carrying water for Elon Musk? Did I say that? I never said that. All I said was, is there are people out there in this chat, and Jordan must be one of them, who's either angry that Elon Musk has a lot of money, who's angry that maybe he came from some money, and that angry he's very successful or angry because it isn't like his politics. That's all I said. And all I asked you, Jordan, and everybody else is, would you be okay with your son or daughter going out there and being as successful academically, professionally, as Elon Musk? That's all the question I ask. I'm not carrying water for anybody. Hmm. But to drop things like cut the everyman shtick, come on, Jordan. Come on now. Come on. We love you, Jordan. We're glad you're here. And Jordan just chimed in. I just don't like Elon Musk as a person. And hey, look, I don't know the guy. I might not like him if I knew him. I'm only going by things that he's out there trying to do. That's all. I mean, you like electric cars? You like the idea of electric cars? Sure. Do you like the idea? Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. Is he not 
started that company and turned it into a worldwide company? Electric cars, right? The environment, all that good stuff. All right. Okay. Okay. Everett says, no one's going to change their opinion on Musk based on a sports talk show. Chat room. Fair enough. Okay. And I'm not going to beat down Jordan in any way, shape, or form. Because he's here every day, and we are glad that he is. Uh, He just doesn't like him as a person, and he's more entitled to feel that way. I just made the comment that I didn't think it was out of, I didn't think it was a stretch. When you brought up his name about, you know, is is Dion the Elon Musk, right? Yeah, it's Dion Elon. Speaking of the transfer portal, especially as it relates to this city, uh, little just news and nuggets here. Uh, UC basketball did get a transfer a couple days ago. CJ Frederick, hometown kid, played basketball at Covcath in high school, played at Iowa, then played at Kentucky. Now is transferring back to Cincinnati. Has two years of eligibility left. He can apply for that second year um, if he wants it. Has one year right now, but I think he has the second year available to him because he took that medical red shirt, plus he has the COVID year. Uh, but he's been hurt a lot. Didn't really work out at Kentucky. Now going to play at Cincinnati. And then over at Xavier, Zach Fremantle said he's going to come back yes. uh, for the fifth year. So just a couple of news and nuggets. All right, let me ask you basketball. this on both of those topics, because we're on a short show today, only about 10 more minutes. Um, start with Fremantle. Okay. Okay, because, I mean, the guy's a heck of a player, man. I mean, he, they really missed him last year. They could give you all the nonsense, uh, well, we're better at this and we're better at that. When you walk away from 18 points and 9, 10 rebounds a game, you miss a guy. Yeah. He's a player. And I, and I, and, and I think they probably end up in the Elite Eight if he's there. Um, with him coming back, now, Boom walks out the door. Yeah. Right? Yep. Okay, and why am I drawing a blank on the kid? I love the Kunkel. way the kid plays. Yeah, he's walking out the door, right? Well, he he graduated. Yeah, that's what Him I'm and, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying they're, he's they're not leaving. like, yeah, Okay, yeah, and yeah. we know that Nunji's not coming back. Yes. They do have a good recruiting class. Yes. They do have some good young players. Uh, and they have some other guys coming back, Hunter, et cetera. Um, are they a top 15 ranked team before the season starts next year? I think they're, they're probably a fringe top 25 team. I don't think they'll be top 15, but I think there's just too many unknowns. You're getting three guys from Conference USA. You have an unknown freshman class, guys that are highly ranked, but you never know how they actually pan out at the D1 level. So I'd say they're a top 25 caliber team, fringe, but a lot of question marks there. I mean, it's the same with UC to a certain extent. You're bringing in a massive freshman class. Uh, some huge names, Jizzle James uh, coming in, Rayvon Griffith, who didn't have the best year the last year, but has been a very, very talented player in the last few years through his high school career. Day-Day, then you have Mike Adams-Woods coming back, Dan Skillings, Victor Locken, of course. Yep. You, you go out and get C.J. Frederick, who, if he can stay healthy, gives you a, a really good shooting option. And then they're in on on Seamus Lukosius, who could play the three or four from Butler if he was to pick UC. So, you know, both teams, I think there's a lot of intrigue around both teams because there's just so many unknowns. Is it fair to have a red flag, lack of a better term? Is it fair to put a red flag on Frederick? I know he's a local kid. I get all that. I I know his dad. I know his uncle. I know all those guys. Love their family. Know them very right. well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, good good people. Um, but, you know, should there be, maybe that's the wrong term, but you know what I'm getting at here. I mean, you go to Iowa, you're not happy there. You go to Kentucky, you're not happy there. 
now you're on your third school. And I know there are other guys that do this kind of thing. Is that cause for any red flag? Well, I think the bigger red flag would be the injury issue because he's been very hurt every year, pretty much. He's missed games every season of his career so far with some kind of injury. He got extremely hurt. He, he tore his, I think it was his hamstring or his uh, something in his knee maybe so badly that they had to go back up into his leg to retrieve it. I mean, not to get too graphic here at 11 a.m., but I mean, it was it was a massive injury that he suffered before he started at UK. Missed that season. Now he has to come to, to play at UC where, you know, Calipari, it was rumored that they said he hadn't guaranteed his playing time, which I don't blame CJ for then wanting to get out of that situation when you have one year left to then go play at Cincinnati to a point where you get back, you like playing for Wes Miller, and you're playing in your hometown. And he was recruited hard by Xavier the first time around. Um, not, yep. as, not as hard as probably Xavier fans would have liked at the time. I think it was kind of a slow recruitment. And then CJ just, to his credit, didn't want to keep waiting and committed to Iowa. And he had a great sophomore year, shot 47% from three. That was the team with Luca Garza. So Luca was able to space the floor. CJ had a lot of opening, you know, a lot of, a lot of openings from the perimeter, shot 47%. Um, but the injury issues are, are definitely a concern, Okay, I, okay. I would say. More so than the, the school thing, because I think part of that was he was hurt at UK, yep. never really got the fair shake. Yep. UK's got a historic recruiting class coming in. There was a lot, a lot, lot of mitigating factors there. Um, so I think it's more so can CJ stay healthy? Because if he can, he's a good player. Good. Well, we're, we're rooting for him. I mean, we're rooting for all those guys. I'm glad to see that um, Fremantle's coming back. Yeah. He'll be healthy. Hopefully, there's not a reoccurring issue with that same foot, right? Same one. A couple yeah, times Yeah, same now. foot. Yeah. yeah. And, and big guys, you know, that seems to follow some big guys around in, in every sport, football, but basketball especially, when you're up and down the floor and all that kind of thing. So, um, hopefully, I know that CJ, a lot of Kentucky fans got upset that he did not shoot as well last year as they had hoped he would. Yeah, uh, I'm not so sure if they ask him to be a point guard and maybe that's not really what he is. You know, then you ask him to be the shooting guard and okay, he didn't shoot it as well. But um, I, I obviously UC and Wes Miller feel like they've made a real good move by bringing him in. Yeah, and he won't be a point guard for UC. No. I mean, he would he would be fourth. He can handle the ball. I'm not saying he can't, but he would be fourth on that list. Um, I mean, when you have Day Day coming in, you have Mike Adams Woods, who probably is not even going to be the the starting point guard either. So. Uh, th there are options there for sure um, for, for ball handling for UC. So I have no idea what we're going to get out of UC this year. I mean, it, it really is such a – it is such a, a question mark. But um, just wanted to hit on, on those couple of things. Okay, those I'm glad was, we did because that was my some news. error yesterday. And, and look, I wanna, I, I, I'm going to tie a ribbon around this thing because I, this is what I don't like about chats or social media. I don't like it. And it happens to me all the time. Maybe it happens to some of you. Just because someone might have a difference of opinion, it's no reason to then go on the attack. Okay? You're allowed, we are allowed to disagree without screaming and yelling and calling each other names or lumping us into groups. Okay? Jordan had an opinion today. I disagreed with it. But I respect Jordan. He's here all the time. He adds a great deal to our chat on a daily basis about multiple topics. Please don't fall in the trap of starting now to go on the attack. 
about. Is that fair? Sure. I mean, I just block you straight up, so. <laughs> block two. I, I, I block AJ. Casey's not afraid. I block Leaf. I'm not afraid to block whoever. Well, but Jordan me. should not be blocked, and I don't no. want anybody blocked. I'm just kidding. You know, I, I just, I'm just saying, I don't want anybody on the attack here. Let's just, you know, g give her your opinion. You're entitled to have it, right? You're entitled to have it. I'm entitled to have it. I mean, it just, it, it never ends. It never ends. You're being accused of being a part of cancel culture by your boy, Sir Boy Wonder. That, that one hurts, Sir Boy. I mean, that's a shot. That hurts. Does cancel culture exist? Oh, I, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. And anybody who has their head in the sand and thinks otherwise, they are out of their mind. But out I'm of their mind. Never has the word. And this is one of the worst words you can say about a human being is when you call somebody a racist. That word has been used to describe more people just because you don't agree with them politically or philosophically. You can have certain opinions and it doesn't make you a racist. And, and when you throw around that word, man, that's a serious word. It's a serious word, as serious as any word there is. And, and that word is being used more now than it has ever been used before. And it's all because of wanting to cancel people out and hearing their opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm more so meant like fr from both sides because I feel like it's just this constant, this constant, because obviously, you know, we've gone back and forth with, with cancel culture and all that discussion. But I, I just more so mean this, this debate from both sides and what we see on the internet. It, it's just, you know, it's an interesting discussion. We've never really got into it or talked about it before. I just kind of wanted to throw it out there and, and, and see what you thought about it, Tom. I mean, you know, the uh, I know firsthand about it. And could I ever go out and prove it? I can't prove it. And that's the thing about cancel culture. You can't, more times than not, you can't prove it. Although there have been some situations here lately that have come up where all of a sudden you're like, ooh, that's borderline proving it. But, uh, yeah, it, it's alive and well. Uh, and, and look, nobody is perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Um, but we are entitled as Americans, and this is a great point made by Richard Stites here. America is great if you are blessed with free will, free thought, free speech. You can disagree with my speech. I can disagree with yours. It doesn't mean I call you a racist. The old sticks and stones attitude. Okay. Um, are the guys, are you guys doing uh, box lunch today? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and so I, uh, Reed will be coming in here for that, right? Yep. yep. Okay. Cause we're going to wrap this up today a little bit early. Um, you know, one of the challenges of doing a show like this and it's not complaining is when you ask people to join you and they commit to doing so, uh, and you could say this about anything in life is when they tell you they're going to do so, and then they either cancel at the last minute, something comes up, and that happens to everybody. It happens to you, it happens to me. You know, something comes up with your kids, something comes up with your job, something comes up with, you know, you get a flat tire. It could be anything, right? So things can happen. But when they happen, you know, two, three, four times, you know, and you're getting it at the last minute when you're trying to build something and present something here to you, uh, and that is the case that happened to us again here today. So 
Our show will uh, pick back up tomorrow. All right, now, Casey, walk me through what you and I and Paul yep. have scheduled for tomorrow, draft day. Are you ready, Bengal fans? Are you excited? I am excited because I think we're going to – No, I mean excited. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I am – you know, when we have that scale of how you feeling, you know, that 1 to 10 scale, I'm at a 9.9, Tom. When I when it gets this close to draft day, oof, oof, I get I get excited because new talent coming in. But are you going to be, and I'm going on Zim's show tomorrow night. I wish you yeah. guys would come on with me. You know, we're doing it on Wednesday podcast. I mean, he's got big leaguers fronting that thing, right? Right. I mean, you may, DJ Reader's going to be on there. Um Hugh Jackson, I love Hugh. I know a lot of people don't. I really like the guy. I, I mean, I like him a lot. I think he's a really good offensive mind. I, we know what happened in Cleveland. I know, I know, I know. But I like the guy. Uh, he's got great personality. He's smart. He's going to be on that show. Why aren't you guys on that show tomorrow night? Do you what? think what? the Ham and Eggers have a big enough hold on this space to even come close to touching Dude, that did show. You, yeah. There are a lot of Ham and Eggers joining that program tomorrow night, <laughs> including me. Not DJ or Hugh, but, I mean, they, they, they've got some other people that are going to be on that show tomorrow night that Let's, um, you, you guys know your stuff. I just worry about Casey on, um, on, on, on days like tomorrow. I'll be okay. No, I, I, I right. sincerely mean this. Talk. You are so wrapped up in this Dewan Jones thing. And no one loves the Buckeyes more than me. And I love, I would love to see Dewan Jones as a Cincinnati Bengal because I love the Bengals. I mean, I'm just like all the rest of you. I'm sitting there in front of my TV cheering or throwing shit at the screen. Right? You tomorrow night. I would like you to take a video Okay, or have Alexandria take a video yep. of you when they tell us that the 28th pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, are on the clock. Now, did I read A.J. Green is going to announce a pick tomorrow night? Second, second, second round. That's what I thought. Second round. The first round's all done by Roger Goodell. Yep. Correct? Yep. The commissioner. Okay. Um, I would love to see a video of what is going to be your reaction if the Bengals take anyone besides Dewan Jones. I will be okay, Tom. The only time I'm going to just completely go nuts over the fact that Dewan Jones was taken, not, not as a Bengal, is if the Chiefs or the Steelers pick him. Other than that, I will be fine. I will be all right. But, you know... Me and, and Vach Lombardi, we both see something. I don't know if you – I tagged you in that post the other day. He's got him as his number one lineman prospect. Uh, and, and he talked about him at length on the show. Yeah. And all the reasons he loves a guy. I think he's the most NFL-ready right now. He can help you win games today. I don't know if his upside is as large as some of the others, but, man, I just – All right, let me ask you this, because this has been brought up before we get out of here today. Jordan brings up, he says, I can see the Bengals actually trading back, right? Move back a couple of spots to get the guy, get an extra pick. 
I think he's on to something there. I would not be surprised by that, would you? I would not, especially if they feel like Jameer Gibbs is truly a first-round graded running back. I think that they would trade back and get a couple extra picks, maybe, uh, you know, pick Jameer Gibbs or someone like that. I, I don't know. It's really tough because I think they don't want to spend premium picks on positions that are not premium. And it's going to be really hard for them to not look and see like Emmanuel Forbes sitting there or Miles Murphy or Brian Brzee or uh, McDonald or, you know, Clyde Jacancy. Just some, one of those defensive players there that, I don't know, more premium than running back or tight end. And we've had that discussion before on here too, but. Well, Kelsey Conway, who covers uh, the team for Cincinnati.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did a first three-round um, mock draft today for the Bengals, and she uh, picked, thought the Bengals would pick your guy Forbes, cornerback, weighs 167 pounds. But, I mean, electrifying. Bengals haven't had a lot of cornerbacks in recent years piling up interceptions. That's not been their M.O. No. He's that kind of guy. I think he returned like six of them for touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Yeah, he holds the record, I believe. Yeah. Um, what, do you think there's any chance whatsoever? I say no before I even ask the question, but I would do it. And that's trade up. That trade that was proposed with Tampa Bay. I would do that in a heartbeat if it were me. But I just, <sighs> the, I can't really remember any time that they've ever traded up in the first round. I, I can remember them trading back in the first round. I can remember them trading up in later rounds, especially last year. I can remember uh, Tyson Anderson was one. Um, Ryan Finley, the quarterback, was one guy. Um, Ryan yeah. Finley? Yeah. They traded up to get Ryan yeah, Finley. Yeah, I'm well aware. But, Go ahead. But, you know, I just – if they were to do that, I would be happy because then I know that they – one, that trade includes trading away Jonah Williams, which then they would finally see what I see. And that's just someone that's not going to play well when it matters most. Right. Um, I don't care if he's got a, a 95.9 efficiency rating when he gives it up in the worst possible moments, right? So, yeah, I mean, then we would get our choice at – any of the right tackles probably and you know you move on from there but from what the Bengals have said I've already come to grips that the right tackle spot is probably not going to get addressed in the first round they've got plenty of options there we've gone through it at length it just doesn't make sense to pick another right tackle there it makes more sense to get a guy that a will either help you on offense like a tight end or running back or b premium position like corner, edge rusher, something like that. I tell you the guy, there's one guy out there. Because you guys know uh, it's nothing personally against the guy. I, 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 you know, the, the worst nightmare for everybody, for any team that has a good quarterback, is to something happen to your starting quarterback. Right? Which, by the way, the Bengals picked up that fifth-year op fifth option. That, that, that's basically a procedural kind of thing. It's been done by a lot. It was done with Mahomes. It was done with Allen. It was done with Justin Jefferson. It's, it, 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 there are multiple reasons for it. 
The Bengals are still working on a long-term deal. This is nothing to get all worked up about. I know a lot of people were initially. Dorian Tre- uh, Trevor Thompson Robinson is a guy that if I were the Bengals later in the draft, I would give serious consideration to picking that guy up. That the I, UCLA quarterback? Yes. Man. That is a gamer. He is exciting. He's dynamic. Now, he's not in this group with the rest of them. You know, the, the Youngs and the Strouds and the Richardsons and the Levises and all those kinds of guys. But, man, that dude is exciting, and you'll be able to get him later in the draft. I'd give consideration to picking him up. Yeah, I mean, I think they are going to pick someone, right? I, I don't think they've re-signed um, Brandon. Any, uh, it's Brandon, Brandon right? Allen? Brandon Allen, yeah. They haven't signed Allen yet, so, I mean, they're going to look at quarterbacks in the draft at some point, probably a, a day three pick, so that would be your your guy there, Tom, in the fourth round, fifth round. And I think but, he's a guy that you could do some very creative things with in your offense. I mean, you're going to have Burrow on the field. Let's remember now, you know, Sean Payton got creative when Breeze was there where they'd run Hill in there for some certain packages and do some certain things. You would create another level of time and energy and preparation if you have a dynamic, very different kind of a player at that position of things you could do theoretically, and I'm not saying you ever sit Burrow down, but if you wanted to mix in some different pieces, he would be an interesting guy to take a chance on. Yeah, I mean, I... I think you're right, Tom. I, I like the idea of having a dynamic backup um, because you're just not going to find – to me, you want you want like a boom or bust sort of backup in the fold. You don't want someone that's like below average. Right. Uh, that's, a want, great, that's a great way of putting it. Because more than likely, they're not going to give you a quality start. Like they're not going to give you a level of Joe Burrow, right? They're going to give you either, you know – you're below average, or maybe they ball out one game, right? And they sneak a win that they shouldn't win, right? That's the way I think about it. And it's a different personnel group that if you don't prep for, then yeah. you're in a really tough spot. I mean, you got to change your whole game plan on defense with a guy that's super dynamic. Um, so, yeah, I, I like I like that pick a lot. All I right, we'll see how it plays out. We got the first round tomorrow night. We are going to pick three players. Paul, we are, you know, we ought to get Reed to come in on this thing tomorrow. Yeah, why not? I'll ask him about it. if he's, if he, Well, he's coming in here in a minute, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's have Reed come in here so we can ask him real quick. His, his box lunch is going to get started here in a couple of minutes. Um, to, to where each of us is going to pick. Three players we think will be available in each of the first three rounds when the Bengals selection comes up, right? Right. And then we're going to choose that person. Now, Reed Mouse making his way in right now. Reed, I was just talking behind your back. Now I'll say it to your face. Um, do you have time to join us tomorrow? What we're going to do here is, you may have overheard, what we're going to do is each of us, and you would be the fourth, okay, we're going to pick, uh, we're going to provide a pool of three players. Three players in the first round, three in the second, three in the third. Yep. Okay? And then make a pick from those players that if we were Duke Tobin and the Bengals, this is who we would choose. You up for that tomorrow? Absolutely. All right. Okay. Absolutely. So we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, you know, we, we, we got this guy coming on tomorrow. 
Help me with the name again, Paul. You looked him up earlier from the Oakland A's. Oh, oh, oh Ryan Noda? Yeah. So I called the Oakland A's yesterday. The woman who runs their PR used to work with us with the Diamondbacks. And, you know, we had a little meeting here afterwards yesterday and started talking about how we're going to look into previewing Reds series, previewing other games, UC, Xavier, football, basketball, Bengals, a lot more preview stuff than necessarily recapping stuff. So I reached out to the Oakland A's and this woman I know out there, and, um, and I said, hey, we'd love to get somebody from the A's to preview the series, which begins tomorrow night in Oakland, the Reds and the A's. And she said, well, let me get, she said, I sent another PR person on the road trip. I think they're in Anaheim. Said, uh, I, I'm assuming you want to talk about the potential move to uh, Las Vegas. I said, well, you know, if we talk about it, great. If we don't, it's more of a series kind of thing. So she says, let me reach out to my guys with a team and, and say, okay. So the guy reaches out to me, the PR guy, and says, this young man played at the University of Cincinnati for three years. Yep. He said, so there's a tie there. Any interest in him? And I'm like, absolutely. The guy just got to the big leagues for the first time. So he is going to join us tomorrow. We have lots of, of draft coverage stuff leading up to the draft. Tracy Jones will be joining us tomorrow, or at least so he says. We'll find out. And so um, we're good to go tomorrow. And now Reed Mouse is in the house. Mouse in the house. Mouse in the house. Got one thing on the draft. Remember yesterday we were talking about the value from the Betfred Sportsbook on which pick the Bengals might take at 28, what the position of that pick would be. Okay. And my thought to the chat was plus 1,100 for a defensive lineman was incredible value. Yep. yep. Well, Betfred Sportsbook must have been listening because defensive lineman is now the third favorite for the Bengals, and it's all the way down to plus 350. Oh, my wow. gosh. Wow. See, you are moving the markets. Cornerback. You are the Allen Greenspan. That's right. Of off the bench. Cornerback and tight end have actually now flipped to being tied for the favorite, both at plus 200. So they took DB off the board and just made it – or I guess they split it because cornerback wasn't available yesterday. They just had it as all the DBs. Now the cornerback is plus 200. Tight end's plus 200. Defensive lineman's plus 350. Offensive lineman's plus 400. Then it jumps all the way to running back at plus 1,100. Wow. So, oh, really, gosh. there's not a ton of value now anymore on that. They caught on to us. As Jordan says, Paul, with his finger on the pulse of Betfred Sports. Well, I just market, thought that was it. A- you are the Elon Musk of Betfred Sports. <laughs> yeah. That's how we close the show. You're moving the markets. I, thought, I just thought that number was too high. We all, we all agreed on that. Yeah, all that wasn't agreed. just me. I mean, we all, we all talked about it. Yeah, I wish I would have put money on it. Chat's lighting up. BLP. Uh, we all talked about it. It wasn't me. We all talked about it. BLP. <laughs> we all agreed. And that is BLP, an acronym for initials for, what is that? Big League Paul. Yes, Big League Paul. Big League Paul. All right, BLP is just flooding the chat. <laughs> BLP MVP move. How about that? We were just trying to give some people some financial freedom. Amen. Take Amen. some money from We're Fred. all about it. Financial freedom. Okay. Uh, time for um, box lunch. And uh, you're starting right out of the gate with now uh, a little more than an hour. Hour and two minutes from your Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, My Cincinnati Reds? Come on, Tom. It, just like it's your Xavier Muskies. They're always my Xavier Muskies. Yeah. Always. Always. They going to get it done today, Tom? They going to win? They going to get the sweep? 
Well, you know, they got Ashcraft going. So, I mean, you like their chances. Although Gray has been very good for Texas. And it's – look, it, I don't care how good you are or how bad you are. It's mighty, it's mighty tough to sweep anybody, right, in a three-game series, especially sure. as – you know, I mean, it's tough, even if you're at home. I think there's some betting thing about that, right, about betting a – Betting a, a home team who's a dog. I don't know if the Reds are a dog today. Are they a dog or a favorite? I think they might actually be favored. Okay. It's close. All right. It's really okay. close. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're supposed to bet a, a home team that is a dog. Yes. Game one of the series. Yes. And if they lose, you, you double it up. You bet it again. And right. Just thinking that you're not going to get swept at home. Exactly. It's a pick em today. Okay, pick em. Well, it probably should be a pick em today because Ashcraft's been great. And, um, and uh, you know, Gray's a good pitcher. And Texas, like I said, they, they've lost two in a row here and trying to avoid the sweep. All right. You ready, boys? Casey, thank you. Paul, thank you. Casey, Casey, thank you. everything stays calm tonight. Okay. <laughs> good night's sleep. Be ready to go. I'll be ready. All right. Box lunch. Here we go.